The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for the new wave of change that is emerging in our world today? What does it look like? How will it reshape our collective future? We see more and more women are making a rapid rise to the top, taking over leadership of their countries, influencing social and political decisions on a global scale. Welcome to the Rise of the Feminine with host Gina Lazenby. This is a movement that is putting the feminine values of compassion and collaboration back into the economy and our world. Everyone and everything is being affected. Our conversation starts now. Here is your host, Gina Lazenby. Welcome to the Rise of the Feminine. I'm your host, Gina Lazenby, and I'm delighted to be a champion for this fascinating conversation. Not only are women rising in the world today, but feminine values are also being increasingly expressed more openly in men and women. Last week, the show was our second one reporting from the WIN conference, which I attended in Rome. Between the two shows, 11 guests were featured and the conversations were mostly around the feminization of capitalism. And I really do recommend listening. Go to the show page or hit the podcast button on your iPhone to download the program. In fact, the whole of series one, which is 11 episodes up to now, can be downloaded. My guests shared insights from their plenary sessions about how the workplace of the future will require a new leadership that embraces so many of the values of the feminine, love, compassion, caring, relationships, empathy, collaboration. What we heard was how business needs to change, how it is changing, and the role women will play by bringing their difference and heralding a new era of embracing feminine values. Today I have five guests and our subject is motherhood. I've chosen this as a follow-on from our conversations about the feminization of business because achieving greater equality at the top of organizations is very much hampered by women leaving the talent pipeline that serves those executive positions and taking time out for motherhood is obviously a key factor. So coming up on today's show, my conversations will be with Professor Shelley Carell from the Michelle R. Clayman Institute for Gender Research at Stanford University, California, Indra Adnan of the Soft Power Network, who works in new transformational politics in London, Andrea Vitullo, founder and CEO of Inspire in Milan, Italy, Dr. Georgia Annaboldi, CEO of Shell Germany, and finally, Dr. Kautar Darmoni, Assistant Professor of Gender and Media in the Netherlands. It's quite the international lineup today. So, Mother's Day. What do you do to celebrate your mother? Do you take her out for lunch? Do you remember to mail her a card? What about sending or taking flowers? Mother's Day was first celebrated in 1908 and it was inspired by peace activist Anne Jarvis, who cared for wounded soldiers on both sides of the American Civil War. A day was set aside to honor all mothers 
because a mother is, according to the quote in Wikipedia, the person who has done more for you than anyone in the world. Well, of course, today it's a big industry, especially for the greetings card and chocolate suppliers. The question I want to ask is, with so much love, affection and gratitude being showered on the important women in our lives on that single Sunday in March or May, depending on where you are in the world, what about the other 364 days? I ask that because mothers seem to be so unloved the rest of the year. Their myriad contributions so invisible for some reason. They do so much for us. As one of my guests, Joe St. Clair, revealed in an interview I did with him a couple of months ago on this show, my mother very, very modestly only ever referred to herself as a housewife. But reflecting back, he said, he could see that she was so much more. He called her his teacher, his nurse, counselor, mentor, therapist, the person with whom he learned to express emotions very openly with. He said, she always had time. She always supported me, good and bad. And if I didn't score the winning goal, my father would criticize me on the football pitch. But my mum would give me a hug and say, never mind, you played well. That's so precious. Now, that lovely tribute from Joe says so beautifully the incredible role that mothers play in our lives. So why do mothers attract so much negativity from their workplace bosses? Now, a while ago, I had a fascinating conversation with Shelley Carell. She's a professor of sociology, director of the Michelle R. Clayman Institute for Gender Research at Stanford University. We talked about unconscious bias, which still very much affects women applying for jobs. And I wanted to include here my conversation with her about what has become known as the motherhood penalty. The word penalty is, is very uh, accurately used in this research. I mean, um, what we see, for example, with uh, U.S. data is that women who have children earn 5 to 7% lower wages per child compared to women who don't have children but are otherwise in the same kind of job, same education level, same seniority, you know, or otherwise identical. Um, and you see this pay gap. So it's, it's, uh, it's there and it's not trivial. Um, in my own research, we did a lot of work to try to understand if there was a bias against mothers, and that might be contributing to that wage penalty. And we found uh, extremely strong evidence that, of a bias. I mean, we can present people um, with a resume of someone, and then they learn the person is a mother, and that makes the person 100% less likely to be recommended for hire. I mean, it's just um, it's, it's, it's a substantial penalty. But it is exactly what you said. People see mother, and they think less committed. Um, you know, so even, you know, no matter what her profile looks like, her, you know, all of the um, work relevant information you could see, she just looks less committed to people. Yes. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I read in the Harvard Business Review some research actually from the early 2000s done on rats. Rat mother brains evolved, mm -hmm. uh, had changed after having babies. And they had different pathways in them, and they uh, showed a greater level of, um, maybe it was resourcefulness, but, you know, they've got children to feed, they're going to feed them, they're going to find food. And it literally changed their brains and increased their, I suppose, uh, an area of competency. I don't know whether you've heard of research like that, have you? No, I haven't heard of that research. That's very uh, interesting. I mean, we also know with men, when men unexpectedly have, um, you know, have to take on 
child-carrying responsibility, their wife dies or something like that, that all, there's all kinds of changes in sort of personality measures associated with them. So I do think the, you know, the, the responsibility towards children does affect people for sure, both men and women. Indeed, and I've read about the daughter effect, how men become more generous after they've mm -hmm. had a daughter, because they do mm -hmm. change. You know, I know that quite individual anecdotal research of men yeah. and how, you know, they were going for the top job, they were on that career path, and then they got married, they had a child, and they thought, is it worth doing? Yeah. You know, I still will advance, but I'm not going to go for that top job and work those kind of hours and have that kind of face time, because mm -hmm. I've got a family now, and um, as much as I want to earn money for that family... I want to see them. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and I, I think that's one of the things that we do need to change in society. Um, one of the things I was thinking, actually, because we have this idea of maternal leave. And in America, it's not, you don't, they don't have maternal leave, do you? And it's not paid. We, are, we have, um, in the United States, uh, the, our Family Medical Leave Act um, is, it's unpaid leave. Uh, so that's the very bad piece of it. Uh, the good piece of it is that it's equally available for men and women. Um, so it's unpaid. So perhaps it's not, you know, that, I mean, that's, that's the big knock against it. But it is, it is parental leave. It's not maternity leave. Yes. And it's also leave that can be used for um, sick, sick parents and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So in other words, you can't lose your job for taking the, taking the leave. Right. Um, well, obviously, you know, in, in Europe... In, Country, different yeah. countries have different amounts of paid leave and the Nordic countries and France being the highest where mm -hmm. you can take time out and uh, you know there was a TV program on in the UK about a conversation about why haven't we got more women on boards the person doing mm -hmm. the research looked at the issue of childcare and in what way that acted as a barrier went to Norway mm -hmm. and there was a there was a film footage of going to a nursery lots of the parents there were men and are talking mm -hmm. to them about you know, the balance of, well, I'm going to take three months as father time and then she'll take three or four months or whatever. They have that flexibility and they have a greater yeah. acceptance in their culture. Yeah. You know, and I was thinking that if you renamed it family sabbatical time, then it takes yeah. the gender sting out of it, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. It really does. And it's interesting when you look cross-culturally at the motherhood wage penalty, it's actually the smallest in countries that have a moderate length leave. It's worse in countries that have a really short leave, and it's worse in countries that have a really long leave. But a moderate leave is what um, actually reduces that wage penalty. Um, but I think the other thing that you were, that you were alluding to that would make a difference as well is if men and women were to take it more equally. And you know how we might bring that about is maybe calling it something different. Yes, it's the stigma of being a less than a... It again comes back to this view of what is, what, is, what is a breadwinner, what is the male breadwinner, what is a father, what is a man. Mm -hmm. And if your identity is very much uh, attached to the trajectory of, 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 uh, of getting through the organization and earning as much as possible and getting to the top, and anything that impedes that and uh, gets in yeah. the way, then uh, is seen as bad, which that's, that is actually that's what we've got to tackle, isn't it? <laughs> That's a huge problem, but that is true. And, and you know, and, and employers are also um, uh, more reluctant in the United States, at least, to let men take family leave. They kind of, even though they have to legally, they just really discourage them from doing so. So, you know, I think to the extent that men want to be breadwinners, um, they may not want to take leave, and then their employers are pushing against it. So, it's a big problem to, to figure out how to get um, men as involved in taking leave as women. But that would be hugely, hugely helpful. And now it's time to go for a quick commercial break and then I'm back with my next guest. 
Now there's a new destination for video content. VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to the Rise of the Feminine. If you have a question or comment about this program, please send an email to Gina at GinaLazenby.com. That's Gina at GinaLazenby.com. Here again is your host, Gina Lazenby. Professor Carell was quoting U.S. figures there, but in the U.K. it's a similar story. On average, women in paid work receive about 18% less per hour than men. Although the wage gap is smaller when comparing young women with their male counterparts before they become mothers, the gap widens consistently for 12 years after the first child is born, by which point women receive 33% less pay per hour than men. Now, Shelley and I discussed the issue of language and shifting from maternal to parental leave, but even where men may be legally entitled to time off, they can still have a fear about the real or imagined negative repercussions on their own careers. I spoke with Indra Adnan of the Soft Power Network about how, in an increasingly complex world, while women gain influence, so men can fear a loss of influence. But Indra describes a kind of rebalancing of the energy polarities here. So let's pull back and look at the bigger picture of this shift. The yin is, a, um, is associated with the feminine and the yang is associated with the masculine. And actually they're always in balance is what, is what the the Chinese philosophers say, and that's a really interesting thing to think about. So how has it been in balance in the past? I would say that that while the men dominated public life, the women still dominated um, private and domestic life. Mm -hmm. So women seem to own the business of bringing up children, um, but also they owned the language of emotion and so on. Uh, And men owned the public life, so it seemed that they were in charge of the hard power tools, you know, guns and money and so on, and they got to act outside of the home. Now, once upon a time, that would have seemed the less um, friendly thing to do. In other words, the women were cozy at home. The men had to go out into the cold, and especially with industrialization. It seemed like, the, you, know, the less, you know, the less comfortable option, actually. You'd want to have been a woman, right, staying at home. And, of course everything changes and eventually we you know living in the 20th, 20th century and then the 21st century we now know that it looks much more attractive to be out there making a difference in the world being in the public space and um you know that that, that um there's some equation with staying at home and being passive right i would say this is really a mistake 
All right? Because what's happened is that the business of growing up human beings, you know, bringing them to fruition, has come second to the business of making money. That's really what's happened. Oh. And um, it's, it's, you know, that the business of bringing up children or creating society, actively creating society, has taken second place to creating industry, right? Or making money or, you know. So, you know, it's that shift that we've got to remember when we're thinking about um, the rise of the feminine versus the rise of the masculine. What I would say is, although it's popularly you know, understood that equality means more women in public life, right? Surely what we need to reframe that is as rebalancing the distribution of women and men in public life and in domestic and personal life, Mm. right? So as men, um, as we go into this more complex world, it's just as much of a challenge for men to take on the you know to take on the new learning of emotional literacy and the skills of bringing up children and being able to um, you know create homes that's their challenge mm-hmm. in exactly the same ways as as it's women's challenge or has been for the past 10 50, well actually 50 years 50, to yeah. become uh, you know to come into the public space and that's not at all finished although some women are absolutely um, you know, as skilled as men at anything to do with business, there's still a lot of um, what I would say reframing that women that you know need to be confident to do, so that we don't end up with no change at all, right? So, in other words, women going into public life looking like men, and men going into domestic life looking like women, is not really a rebalancing at all. It's actually more or less the same thing, just with different genders fulfilling the same roles. Just change the clothes. <laughs> you just change the clothes, exactly. And, you know, does, does that equal development? I wouldn't say so. I think the inequality is the value we attach to the contribution. So if the contribution of the feminine in terms of caring, homemaking, compassion, everything maternal has lower value in society than going out into the world to that public space, being in business and and making money and having power is more valuable in society, then it doesn't matter who's doing it, that's the imbalance. So that's 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 the transformational moment that we're in right now. Yeah. Because as women go into public life, their real challenge is to change the narrative, right? Go in as a woman and bring her feminine energy in, her feminine viewpoint and what she can contribute as a woman. Yeah, Yeah. bring something new. Yeah. You know, don't just buy into the old paradigms, bring something new. So in politics, for example, the tragedy has been until now that to get through the eye of the needle and be selected before you even stand, you know, it's the selection process, um... You know, even women judging women still are looking for that masculine kind of behavior that says he's a good performer. You know, he'll be able to, as you, as we talked about before, be able to stand at the dispatch box and, and make a fool of the opposition, right? That's the stuff that they're looking for, right? That's, that's a terrible waste of women going into politics. Why bother? Yeah, why? well, that's you know, what, this is what they're saying. The yeah. thing. That's why you they know, leave. So, yeah, the task is to be able to go in there and reshape the narrative about what is actually important, right? Mm-hmm. So at the moment, the fact that we spend as much as we do on holding you know, our society together because of the lack of um, value placed on care, 
means that you know that we that that that, that you know we're we're very short on the resources to really come to you know a, a really thriving society because you know we're spending the money we're not we're not acknowledging that you know raising uh, raising families caring for elderly people is as important for the well-being of our whole society as being able to make money and now it's time to go for a quick commercial break and then i'm back with my next guest Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to the Rise of the Feminine. If you have a question or comment about this program, please send an email to Gina at GinaLazenby.com. That's Gina at GinaLazenby.com. Here again is your host, Gina Lazenby. Indra spoke of a reshaping of the narrative about care and recognizing the lack of value that we place on caring. Now, one man who, with his female co-author and his team, is totally disrupting this idea of motherhood being a penalty and is looking at caring through a very different lens. Andrea Vitullo from Milan, Italy, has a book called Maternity is the Master. He's an expert in transformational coaching, the CEO of Inspire Consulting, a lecturer, yoga teacher, a real visionary and expert in new kinds of leadership. Why don't you start off by sharing the inspiration for, as a man, creating what you're talking about as a new narrative about motherhood? Where did the inspiration come from for this? Okay, first of all, I have to tell you that I'm not alone because I did this book uh, with uh, the co-author is Ricarda Zezza. So we, we, together we were uh, writing this book. And everything, uh, I think that, you know, etymology is a perfect science. So if you go to maternity as a master, everything is in the title of this book. Because <laughs> we were thinking about, you know, I was working with leaders and organizations since a lot of years. And Ricarda, my, uh, my partner in this adventure, she was also working uh, in big corporations and we said why when we have a, a master you know when when you do a master you leave the organization for a while and then you're back and you're better and you are much more skilled and people they maybe sometimes they promote you because you did a master so in this in a certain in a certain way also maternity is an absence 
is an absence where something is going to happen. But the paradox is when you are back in the organization, the situation is not better. So you are not going to be promoted and uh, you, you have a lot of things going on. But we, in our experience, uh, we thought there was uh, a lot in this life experience. And uh, so we try, we started to work on what is happening uh, during motherhood. Uh, and uh, we realized that uh, maternity is a, a very intense experience of caring. And uh, there are a lot of scientific and sociological evidences that intense experiences of caring, uh, caregiving are opportunities for intellective growth, skills development, and increase of energy. So we were wondering what is happening? Why, when we are uh, doing this sort of master, <laughs> uh, we are back and we feel like we, um, are not we are not strong as before. So what is happening there? So that was the, uh, the idea of uh, considering maternity and motherhood really as an absence full, full of contents and full of experiences. So to prize in a certain way. Mm. That's, that's fantastic because motherhood does tend to be seen as negative in all is is just seen as negative by companies there's lots of evidence to show that um, even applying for a mortgage here in the UK you might not get um, a successful mortgage if you're pregnant or you know they think you're going to be pregnant because they might you might lose your job or you might not earn as much money so in so many places motherhood is not seen positively and then you know women can get stressed about it about the repercussions on their work so you're changing that narrative aren't you and you're using it and so what are the companies who you've been working with what has been their reaction to this how have they taken this idea Okay, they took this idea immediately because, you know, um, what is important, I, I would like to stress the, 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 the potential of this paradigm of caregiving, of caregiving, because uh, the, the idea was to put into practice the concept of life-based learning, whereby learning for works for work is not restricted to learning at work. Learning is a multidimensional experience, much of which is extracurricular. So this was the starting point. Um, that's the reason why uh, to design a, co a new concept today of leadership, uh, that um, starting from the from the caring experiences was our uh, let's say uh, focus. Um, so for organization, you know, organization usually, they spend, uh, we, we did a lot of research and companies spend billions of euros every year for the development of soft skills of their employees. And we did a lot of work in researching and a lot of desk work, interviews with over 1,000 women were involved in surveys and focus group. And all those surveys, they confirmed the development of skills that happens thanks to care, caring activities. Mm -hmm. So um, what is important was not so difficult, I have to tell you, to convince <laughs> the corporate environment. From our experience, it seems like they were ready to welcome something that was seen as a problem, always as a problem, but on the other side, a problem that cost a lot of money. Because of course, uh, as soon as you have uh, uh, 
one woman uh, in Italy, one woman or two women it, uh, doesn't uh, go back to, uh, to work after maternity leaving. And there is a cost for that. A cost because, you, of course, you invest a lot of money in, uh, in uh, developing your people. And then you don't have women participating in your, uh, in your corporation. You don't have women in, in, uh, um, in top management, middle top management positions. So it was really important for, uh, uh, for organization to change this paradigm. Mm. But did, uh, you say it was, did you say it was one in two women that don't go back to work when they had a family? One in two, three. One on three women. They one in doesn't, three. One in three, exactly. And uh, uh, it costs for companies. We had, I mean, we had in a sort of um, uh, possible uh, cost between 3.5 thousand to 10 thousand euro or managing and training, you know, training new people uh, inside the organization, managing uh, the, 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 what is happening after. So it, that, there are a lot, a lot uh, of cost around maternity. And on the other side, there are a lot of women inside the organization right now. So there is a sort of need of incorporating the generative, uh, the, the generativity inside the leadership paradigm. So a form of new leadership that we think is needed nowadays uh, that builds for the future and that enables people and projects that are stronger than the leader itself. So that's why we call this leadership a generated leadership, because it resembles in a certain way the way parents see the world and, the be and behave. So Andrea, what you're saying here is that uh, the normal process of mothering and, and in life, we, we learn a set of skills that enhance our abilities in emotional intelligence and rather than spend money on training people in this to use the yeah. life experience and you know the more and more we have these conversations about the future of, of business it's about having more compassion in business valuing relationships being more collaborative and and bringing more emotional intelligence to work so this is what you what you're saying is making women more consciously aware of the competences that they're developing in motherhood and is there a bit what's the benefit with men because there are men now aren't there who want to spend more time as fathers at home on a part-time sometimes a full-time basis so can you speak to what you found about men in this in this program Okay, uh, we, uh, of course, we have a, a thousand women doing the programs and uh, still few men. So we are starting now to work also with uh, fathers because fatherhood and motherhood are in a certain way, in a different way, comparable experiences. But I would like before that, t t before telling something about those skills, we, uh, we, um, we really did a lot of uh, surveys and we had a lot of uh, um, confirm about the fact that all the relational, organizational and innovation skills are naturally trained by caring experiences like listening, emotional intelligence, uh, communication, priority and time management, uh, decision making, complexity management, capability of delegate, uh, so vision. And uh, this is something that happens not only to women, because, of course, for women, uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, natural uh, process coming from the body, from the hormones. So this is happening because, of course, at biological level, something is going to happen in your body. But for men, too, it's true if men 
practice fatherhood. Or if they don't practice fatherhood, both men and women, if we, um, if they practice caring experience, could be volunteering, it could be taking care of elder people or whatever. So it's interesting because what happens to women at a biological level for, it's a sort of transformation of the body, men practicing those uh, caring, uh, caring activities, they develop uh, they develop, their brain develop uh, uh, a lot of skills, a lot of capabilities. Uh, so it's something that happens also to men. And men now, a lot of organizations, they want to uh, involve men in, uh, in this uh, uh, caring experience, saying, okay, you are a mother, you are pregnant, it's a good news for us. But even if a man wants to take the paternity leave, why not? In Italy, it's still not so popular, the paternity leave. Yeah. But uh, we have a lot of experiences in North European countries where uh, it's very not similar, but a lot of fathers they use paternity leave because they want they want to take care of their children. So they don't want to delegate to other people, and this is very important kind of uh, uh, need of putting together <laughs> our uh, um, how can I say? I wouldn't say our feminine side and masculine side, but is to be to allow ourselves not be. Uh, the, the uh, I can't I I don't know here maybe you can help me because it's very difficult to say in English for me. <laughs> and uh, I, can't, so. I can't translate into Italian. So are you yeah. saying that uh, men then become? Um, I think what, what you're also saying is giving permission to men to develop qualities in themselves that previously they've not allowed, they weren't conscious of, yeah. because the culture doesn't reward those qualities. And now yeah. you're saying, hey, yeah. business needs this. So men, whether they're a father or not, they're awakening to the qualities. Is, is that really the, what you're expressing here? Exactly. I would also add, if you are not caring and uh, taking care of other people, you are not good for us as a company. <laughs> Why not? Because, of course, you have to develop team. We, we want you to e enable others. So when we talk about motivation and enabling other people, think about what we do in our private life, in our life-based experiences. And if we're not going to practice there, how can we be capable of doing it at work? Do we need another course? Do we need another technique? What do we need? <laughs> we need to practice. We need to practice in life what we preach in the, in the, inside the, 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 the corporate environment. <laughs> so I think it's, uh, it's very interesting because uh, we know that soft skills now are not only relevant but are essential. Uh, the, um, the Davos Forum was, uh, was saying that the competencies of the future are all about soft skills, not technical skills. So why don't we integrate and find a, a sort of synergy between life and work, between what we do in terms of, uh, you know, behaviors in our private life and how can we in a certain way apply the same behaviors if they work also in our working life. So that was the challenge that we wanted to, uh, that we wanted to face, to, to integrate life and work. 
always, always split in the last in the, in the last decades. And that's very stressful, isn't it, for people, for them to... I mean, years ago, you would have women who would, wouldn't even admit that they were mothers, keep that quiet because they'll make judgments about me and my commitment to work. But we know that women are very committed to work when they have a family, even more so. But, um, yes, it's, it's interesting how, uh, you know... We're now valuing what mothers can bring, and, and 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 wanting them, whereas before it's something that would be secret, and our private life would be something that we wouldn't talk about at work. But now, what we're seeing as the whole person—if you have an issue at home, some kind of problem—it's going to come into your work. So you want to have a balanced, integrated, happy life, don't you? And this is what millennials want, isn't it? Yeah, because, the, you know, the point is uh, about isolation, possible isolation when going on parental leave. So it's, it's a sort of uh, also isolation. And on the other side, all the uh, connections with your working life are in a certain way interrupted during the leave. And uh, this is something that um, when we interview uh, women, they don't want that. They, are, they feel like they are obliged to, to, to have this kind of interruption. And uh, what is interesting is how can we maintain a sort of fil rouge in between who we are and what we do? And uh, how can we in a certain way feel that we are allowed to talk about this uh, amazing experience also in our work, working life and there is a transformation and as soon as you feel that you are transformed you want to put at work what you have discovered there is a also, also a sort of relationship with responsibility and becoming adult when you when you generate and so of course you are different when you are back because it's a sort of you feel like you're much more responsible and uh, in a certain way you want to play those responsibilities also with your boss with your colleagues with your peers and the collaborators because you feel that you are much adult than before you know what i mean you've grown up (laughs) yeah you have to grow up yeah yes absolutely is there, um, you know, we were talking about uh, how men in Italy are not taking the, the leave that they might do to, to be take as a father, which is happening in, in various countries to different degrees as the culture shifts. It might come in as a legislation that we are that men are allowed to take parental leave. But when they're worried about how their bosses will view it, they're not taking it. So that's the cultural shift that's happening, that men are beginning to to do that take what's rightfully theirs and not just have maternal leave but family leave you know and and being a parent but um you're talking about the culture in italy being very macho and of course that's impacting on men's ability to feel they they, they're able to take that leave it's interesting how uh italy and its macho culture at the same time um this what you're talking about this idea of valuing motherhood coming out of Italy because the Italian mother is very uh, important in Italian society and also I think your love of bambinos you know if you uh, my memories of being in Italy where you go into a restaurant and Italians love children whereas you know we have a history in some places where children not allowed or children only allowed at certain times but it seems to me that the Italian people the Italian culture loves family loves children so maybe these these two different thinkings are are, um, edging you know against each other here it's interesting you develop this program 
Yeah, because you know, also we have the problem that um, in in Italy the um, the birth rate is very low. So it's one of the country where that is going to become very old. In the, so what we need nowadays is to put uh, you know to to really think about uh, the possibility of having more children as a possibility also for the country to uh, to really grow. So we need to uh, invest a lot on uh, maternity. And this is something that also from our institution, they are very aware of it. On the other side, family, as you said before, is very important in Italy. So um, from one side, there is a need of, the, of this country to become much more generative in terms of having more children. And, you know that the birth rate in France is very high, in Italy is really, really very low. And on the other side, I tell you, coming back to corporations in here in Italy, uh, this kind of macho paradigm uh, where there is a leader, command and control, is a man usually, and, uh, um, and of course there are some rules that now are not so, let's say, contemporary anymore, because we talk about smart working, we talk about flexibility, so why don't we want to integrate life and work and see what happens if we can really allow, I mean, re allow to this uh, um, to the economy to become to to have an economic system that starts from the birth, not from the debt. You know what I mean. So the birth is something important, and so we have to rethink, reshape the paradigm of uh, of our uh, leadership here, and think about how to incorporate the birth of a child, the family, uh, the family issues uh, inside the, 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 the organizations and how we have to reorganize the organization in order to do that. So it's a new concept of leadership that now is vital and is absolutely needed in today's economy and society. I love Andrea's work. What he and his colleagues are seeking to do is put motherhood, or maternity as he calls it, in the middle of the economy, which is an absolute game changer. Maternity leave is not a reason to diminish the status of women. When they return to work, instead of demoting them, paying them less, or quietly removing them from the career track, rather companies can turn this around and really support mother's journey as the learning experience that it is and leverage the wisdom that comes to the benefit of all. That in itself will lift so many women. We're talking in theory about the learnings that come from mothering and how we might grow as a parent. It's interesting now to hear firsthand about the impact a mother can have on a child's development with the skills that Andrea spoke about. Here's an interview with Georgia Arnaboldi, the CEO of Shell in Germany. She'd been speaking at the WIN conference about having a, a superpower which contributed to her success. This is her reflection on it and where she said she got it from. So yeah, I, in my reflection, the superpower, the, the thing that I define as superpower are actually the energy, the drive and the determination that I bring in all things that I do since I was a child and uh, that have, have enabled me to break all walls, yeah, despite uh, things that I heard from others, no, it's impossible, no, it's too late, no, you're too young, no, you're too old, whatever they told me, <laughs> I always uh, heard the voice saying, you know what, 
I will show you that this is not true or that I can do that. So this was always my drive. But then I said, okay, how I can really use it consciously and make this real power yeah, for myself, for my life, in work, etc. And so I said, okay, to know, really know that, I need to understand where it comes from. And so I start to say, yeah, maybe I had it since I was born, so it's a DNA. Yeah, but it cannot be only that. And so I start thinking where I come from to my family. And then I realize, I had again another voice saying, yeah, don't you see? It's your mom. She... Since I was really, since I can remember, she always pushed me out of my comfort zone. She pushed me to learn, but real learning, so being involved in what I, what I do, or try, trying a new food, trying a new sport. She, in that times, so we were never rich, yeah? We were average class, but she, and for I remember that at a certain point, I think we I was ten years old, we were economically yeah uh, break even if you want yeah, but my mother and my father I have to say always wanted to never show that this was a problem and always give me the opportunity for studying, for learning, for experimenting new uh, sports etc. And also. She taught me the importance of connection, the importance of the others. And doesn't mean that I, I need to be nice with everybody or I need to be friends with everybody, but with whom I, I meet and with, with whom I connect, really connect. Yeah, and really take care, and so means. Sh and actually, this I learned not from her words, but from her action. Yes, yeah? so more than any words, I saw how she was able to listen, but the real listening, and uh, also to me. But I saw, in particular, I saw how many friends uh, she had. Mm, yeah, women mainly that were coming only to speak with her, only to be listened. And I always thought, why? She, at the end of the day, I saw that she was not telling much to them. Yeah, you should do that, you should do that. She maybe used few words, and they were going away, like, oh, I feel so better, and now I know, now I have clear. And they say, what they have clear? I didn't understand anything. So I, I learned to listen. And then I learned to read people from also the things that they don't say. Mm. So the concept of emotional intelligence, I feel so lucky because I learned since I was really young. And I feel so gifted because now in my job is so important because every person is different. Men, women, um, you know, from India, from uh, Germany, from Spain. And I, I, I learned to listen before I jump to conclusion. And now it's time to go for a quick commercial break and then I'm back with my next guest. Mm -hmm. 
Now there's a new destination for video content. VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to the Rise of the Feminine. If you have a question or comment about this program, please send an email to Gina at GinaLazenby.com. That's Gina at GinaLazenby.com. Here again is your host, Gina Lazenby. Listening to Georgia, I reflected on my own superpowers. I think these include my abilities around organizing, cooking, and hosting, which have always made me a great event manager. I am very happy to create a salon gathering and rustle up a supper for 30 people and chair lead the event as well as take care of people. And that I definitely got from my mother, who ran a small hotel and who has been a great role model for making magic happen in the kitchen and the home in the blink of an eye. And she'll be listening to this and smiling. So thank you, Mum, for those great skills. Now, looking at what parents can teach their children, I think as the world gets more complex, parenting is becoming much more challenging. Access to technology has made the experience of childhood very different and has brought new safety and bullying concerns to the fore that did not exist just a few years ago. Now, here I want to share an excerpt from a conversation with Dr. Kathar Darmoni. We met at the WIN conference, and my interview with her featured in episode 10 in the report from Rome. We had a conversation about the effect on boys growing up in a world of rising feminine energy. Now, this was also something that Jack Myers talked about when we spoke on my show about relationships. He said that the research for his book, The Future of Men, had highlighted how many boys under age 25 were now feeling lost, many missing male role models and not knowing how to make their way in the world with so many high-achieving girls. Now, here Kalthar explains what she's been doing to protect her son from having a distorted concept of women's sexuality by the over-availability of pornography today. Listen to this. I was taking him to Tunisia since he was born, until the age of seven, the boys, they are allowed to come with us to the hammam, to the Turkish bath and to these women gatherings. I wanted him to see real bodies. I wanted to see him old women, young women, real feminine, the real feminine truth. I wanted him to see the truth because I was worried he's going to grow up in a system where he's always seeing fake sexuality, fake women, everything fake through the internet. But at certain point, he was with me in the hammam. It was the last period. He was seven. And then I was telling him, this is your last hammam because after you're going to be older, you are not allowed. And then he exploded, really. He was furious. He was like, and 
J'en ai marre, Netflix, j'en ai marre. I have enough of it. And you are always busy with women. And you are always busy making women stronger. What do you do for men? What do you do for me? Later, I will grow up and I will be lost. And I was like, oh my God. Yes. Really, I mean, when you remember, even now I have tears in my eyes. Because I felt like, poor thing. Bless him. Yes, poor thing. We are hurting the man. We are hurting ourselves. We are not seeing they are suffering. We are not seeing they are lost. We are not seeing we broke the system, but we didn't give them an alternative. We are not allowing them to, to shine. We are not allowing them to thrive. We are all the time asking them to adapt to us, to look at us, to have understanding for us. But what about them? They need support. Children sometimes speak wisdom beyond their years. I do feel for Kathar's son. Now, looking at gender dynamics is complex and powerful. Cathos stress is something very important. What about the men and what's happening to our boys? But this really is a conversation about the changes for both sexes. The way power is structured between men and women now is not sustainable. We can see that in the, the gender pay gap, in the uneven treatment of women who become mothers, in the lip service paid to men who really want to rethink the way they work and devote more energy to parenting and society's desperate need to provide more care for an aging population while operating in an undercurrent where the making of money is prioritized over well-being and happiness. The conversation today about motherhood is not just about getting women back to work, part or full-time. We also have to honor the women who choose to be a full-time stay-at-home mother. It's all about creating the conditions for the freedom to make the right choice. Sadly for some, their choice can be more limited when two salaries are essential to support their family life or the woman is a single parent. And finding good, affordable childcare is a huge factor in women being able to return to work and be able to cover costs without taking up so much of her salary. It's all about making the choice that's right for you at any point in your career or family life and not being judged or penalized for it and not having your future taken away because of the choices you made in your 30s or 40s to support your family. Now that so many people will likely live to 100, we have to rethink the typical career trajectory and not try to cram everything into those early decades when there is so much of life to be lived in our later years. The work timeline has historically been designed around men in a single, uninterrupted trajectory that has not taken into account the biological needs of women. If society does not value mothering, then women will continue to pay a high price for the pleasure of birthing and educating the next generation. It's time to change that and recognize the contribution women make as mothers and the hard work and skill it takes for men and women to be a parent. The world needs to see that motherhood is priceless. Wow, today that's been another great series of conversations. So it's now time to close the show. Next week will be my last show of this first series and it will be a special one. Why don't you take the time to share your thoughts about some of the conversations here? Any insights you might have had will be much appreciated. I'd love to hear from you. My email is gina at ginalazenby.com. Or remember, there's the Facebook page called The Rise of the Feminine Radio. So until next week, stay well and thank you very much for joining me on The Rise of the Feminine. We hope that you've enjoyed the program this week. Be sure to tune in to The Rise of the Feminine with Gina Lazenby every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a wonderful week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 